1: So you're here because you want to know modern, vintage, everything in the world of card collecting today. Chuck, he's the collector, and Joe, he's the dealer, welcome you to the best card talk that covers it all. From the hottest new cases to 67 high numbers. All brought to you by Oxygen Financial. Breathe easier about life with Oxygen Financial. Visit OxygenFinancial.net and buy. Sports Card Investor, the leading source for videos, podcasts, and articles about investing in sports cards. Profit from the hobby you love by visiting SportsCardInvestor.com. Collector. Dealer. Take it away
2: episode 43 if you missed it last time gear up now it is the collector and the dealer i'm the collector i'm chuck oliver been doing this since i was a second grader found some cards and was like oh are there more well that was 1976 uh, and i'm still a collector uh my partner here the dealer it's joe davis joe you also started in 76 uh, as a first grader and you made the transition about what three decades ago to a dealer
0: yeah, it's been, I can't believe it. I've been doing it full-time for over 30 years now, Chuck, and uh, just having a blast. Hobby's hotter than ever, and uh, so glad we get to uh, educate and inspire collectors all over the planet each week.
2: Yeah, and this will actually be, Well, no, I was going to say last time, uh, it'll be the second to final time that I mention Oxygen Financial, maybe. Uh, Oxygen Financial, if y'all folks don't know, I also host a syndicated college football show year-round. Uh, Nine states, 51 sticks every afternoon, and Oxygen Financial is actually, we're transitioning to that broader uh, platform. Uh, They've had success uh, advertising, being a partner here, and so they're going to kind of take it to the next level. So uh, I wanted to mention that and thank you to Oxygen Financial again as they kind of expand to a bigger role. Uh, with me personally, but then also uh, we're going to have Tyler on in a couple of episodes because there's so much money flying around the hobby, Uh, Joe, and that's on the collector side and the dealer side. So much money flying around the hobby, a little financial advice from Tyler. Again, not going to be so bad. Tyler hook from oxygen financial Uh, speaking of financial advice, when it comes specifically to cards, uh, that's our other sponsor, Jeff Wilson and them at sports card investor.
0: Yeah. When you want, you talk about investment advice in this hobby Jeff and his team at Sports Card Investor is the place to go. They they are the most thorough of anyone I know in providing great analytics and data for collectors and investors. SportsCardInvestor.com
2: Yep, and uh, the app, which is free, and so much of the content free, YouTube free, and just really good people down there at Sports Card Investor as well. Just, uh, just the whole crew, and so just top notch and professional in everything they do. Uh, the videos they do, like I said, they're on YouTube and they're free, and they're so informational and and just uh, the production quality is really good down there. Uh, Joe, I said if you missed it last time, gear up now. I'm talking about, and none of us knew this, but when the bubble opened in Orlando last what August it set off a basketball card frenzy like I don't know that I've ever actually seen it was always like Kobe LeBron Shaq they could move the meter on their own cards it was Damian Lillard it was Tyler Hero. Um with the NBA playoffs starting let's go over the options for an investor who wants some sort of that Damien, Tyler Eero action this June. Uh, first of all, yeah. give the lay of the land for the cards that you really want to pay attention to, the pools that you want to take from.
0: Yeah, I mean, in general, there's so many different products, but I can tell you the ones that collectors typically want to buy up quantities of, whether they're getting them graded or they're just putting them up. And it's usually from four primary brands, and that's all Panini products, of course, it's the Prism, the Mosaic, the Optic, and the Select. Those are the ones we see purchase the most in quantities when they're buying up rookie car. You know, modern. We're talking stuff coming out right now from the last
2: three, four years. And they're all from Panini, which is in Dallas, and they're an offshoot, or they kind of are Donruss. Is that right? Well,
0: Panini owns the Donruss brand. It was two separate companies, but – Panini uh, bought the rights to the Donruss brand. There you go,
2: and mm-hmm. and so out in Dallas, and I'm telling you, folks, however possible it is, however good it is possible to do basketball cards, hats off to Panini, man. They have built the best mousetrap ever. And when Joe's talking about it, starts with like Optic and Select, folks. This is not like a, a you know a downgrade. That's sort of entry level because everything is so high grade from Panini. Um, and then Mosaic is a lot nicer. And then Prisms just, I mean, it's the best thing going, and it is the gold standard. And I think for all time when it comes to basketball cards, think of it like this. If if Panini is Chevrolet, they're all Chevys, but one's a Monte Carlo, one's a Camaro Z28, one's like a Corvette ZR1, and that's the Prisms. Um, and, and and talk about the parallels, the red, white, and blues, the fast breaks, the uh, pink ice, the... It's just, you talk about chasing the rainbow. I think when it comes to the Prism car, Joe, they're better than any sport, any issue out there.
0: Yeah, they're historically the most popular. I mean, the Prism brand's been around since the twelve thirteen 13 season. Um, people love the silver parallels. Um, and then in, when you move over to the Optic, they have the Hollows, which is basically the same version for that brand. And then Select has silver parallels. Mosaic has parallels but it's beyond the silver. There's, you know, depending on which product, which year, you could have green, purple, pink, orange. Then you've got cracked versions of them. And it can be very confusing. So highly recommend, uh, like Jeff, uh, Sports Card Investor, sometimes they'll, he's done some videos comparing different levels of them over the past. And uh, so you can, you're can, you always safe sticking with the base cards. It's very easy to track, you know, which what they're selling for, but... When you get into all the different colors, you got to really do your research to know which ones are rarer than others.
2: Yeah, and uh, one thing that Joe has talked about several times, uh, because I'll say uh, he's a maca when it comes to eBay, uh, check sold items, man, completed items, not what they asked for, as you said, like the orange cracked ice. Uh, tell me what like the past five that are all PSA 9 or 10 have sold for. Um, right. And so let's talk, and this is just opinions at this point. I mean, Joe, you just gave some facts, optics, select, mosaic, et cetera. Now get some opinions. Trey Young, Julius Randall, uh, who are you investing in? And, and again, I know you've said that you kind of like to accumulate a whole lot of base cards to give yourself the best chance in grading. Um, so talk about that theory a little bit more, but then also maybe if you dip your toe into the parallel pool.
0: Yeah, well, something I buy uh, – yeah, Trey, I have bought a lot of um, – I think DeAndre Hunter may be a steal right now. He looked really good. I know he's been hurt, but he looked really good early in the season. You know, for Hawks fans who are looking for somebody else who might be a bargain right now. But, um, yeah, I have large quantities of Trey rookies, rookie parallels, inserts, stuff like that. Uh, Sometimes the inserts like the –
2: The emergent or the – Yeah,
0: the the freshman phenoms, stuff like that. Sometimes you can get those a lot cheaper than the than the true base card, even though they are inserts because they're not quite as there's not as much demand. Um, I, I, you know, y'all hear me say all the time: the iconic guys are always safe. LeBron rookies, Kobe rookies, and so forth. Um, I still think I told somebody just the other day: I think LeBron he sticks around another three four years. He may own, you know, other he's not going to ever get the assist record or steals record, but he's going to. He could very well get the points record, could possibly get another ring. Um, you know, it's kind of like Brady continues to pile onto his stats and his Super Bowl wins. And if LeBron can stay semi, I know he didn't, he wasn't all that healthy this year, but I think he'll continue to pad his stats. I think all of his rookies and parallels and second and third years are all still a good buy.
2: It's tremendous stuff there because as you were saying, as recently, this is so screwy to think about, Joe. You said, hey, Chuck, those Brady cards you bought last September, and I was buying, what, like second, third, fourth, fifth year Brady cards? Yeah. You're 20 years into your NFL career, and Joe's like, hey, yeah, those were good They had a little bump. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Nothing, you know, It's kind of supposed to be what it is after that amount of time. Um, right. I want to drill down a little bit on one example, if I could, and it's the Trey Young cards because I jumped in last week, and um, you can tell me goodbye, bad buy, somewhere in the middle, whatever. Um, any impressions here? PSA 9, Trey Rookie, the Prism cards. the um, uh, Again, PSA 9s. And they were, if you were really bird-dogging eBay, and I was looking for Buy It Now, you could get them in the low 70s, and I got one for 72 and one for 75 uh, this week. If you're really bird-dogging, you can get one for 100 and so there's already some run-up on Trey PSA 9 cards. Now, you tell me if I screwed up here, because I realize that I have spent over a couple of days over the weekend, Joe. I spent about $1,000 on Trey the Rookie and a couple of other, the like I said, the emergent inserts, but then also a lot of the second-year cards and some of the cool parallels there. It's spent about $1,000. The PSA 9 Rookie is the only nine I got, Everything else I got PSA 10, and I realized I just spent a thousand dollars on Trey Young cards and I don't have a PSA 10 rookie.
0: I will always go back to the other you know key rookie that year, of course, which is Luca. and like you compare the Trey, let's say the prism rookie nines at around hundred say ninety to a hundred dollars. the Lucas are trading in the like 330 range. So when you can buy three and a half trays for the price of one Luca, I just think it's a great buy, and, you know. I mean, yeah, we're Hawks fans here, but oh, yeah. I just think three, three and a half to one. I'd rather own the three and a half than the one. And as I mean, you. Sp- much more-
2: Yeah, and as folks, you know, Joe said that uh, he's been in business for 30 years, and and he kind of knows what he's doing when it comes to the – this is me saying it, not Joe. He knows what he's doing when it comes to the economics. And we talked a few episodes ago about those base cards. He was like, I want as many chances, good chances, at a PSA 10 as possible when we send them off for grading. So let's extrapolate that now because I went the cheaper route with the PSA 9. I think if I would have jumped into the PSA 10 Trey Rookie prism again – Joe, am I looking at about 350? Tell me, I bet you don't even have any in stock, but if you have them, 350 ish or so, and what would the PSA 10 Luca, does the percentage, the three to one hold?
0: Yeah, Trey's actually have been closing more closer in the low 300s, whereas the Lucas are in the low 900s. So you're still looking at about a three to one ratio. My goodness. You know, if you think Luca is the next LeBron and, you know, will be the face of the league for the next 20 years, maybe you go with Luca. But I just think Trey's relatively speaking to the other big rookie that year, I think he's a bargain,
2: you know, at that price. Well, Joe, talking about all these premium cards, I mean, even for a vintage guy like me, um, I notice them and just love them, and and I've jumped into the market as well. Uh, Let's go back in time, because I've seen a couple of different references, really, over the past couple of weeks about Fleer Ultra Stadium Club, you know, turning 30 now, and it really was the beginning of, at that point, the high-end premium cards. Just talk about those two issues.
0: Yeah, in 91, Topps released their full-bleed photographs with a Stadium Club, and then Fleer came out with their first really premium card, which was the Ultra. And then the Stadium Club really trumped the Ultra that year in terms of quality. But then by 92, Fleer had basically copied that full-bleed high-gloss color photograph finish on their 92 Ultra, and uh, the 92, I remember back in the day, We, of course, we just opened our store in 91. The 92 Ultra sold like gangbusters. It was just a phenomenal seller, as was the 91 Same Club. They were really breakthrough products. Uh, and, of course, yeah, it's crazy now. We're 30 years, you know, uh, looking back on those. And, uh, you know, companies continue to one-up each other, you know, in terms of quality. But it really started back there in the early 90s because – it was the first time people had moved away from just a plain cardboard stock, other than what Upper Deck had done, you know, starting in yep. '89.
2: And a fun, cheap rip still 30 years later. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with the vintage part of the collector and the dealer. A popular thought
1: in the sports card world is that there's two camps those that love the hobby and those that profit from the industry. Thanks to Sports Card Investor, you can do both. Jeff Wilson has built his Sports Card Investor YouTube channel and his personal website, sportscardinvestor.com, so that if you're a beginner looking to flip cards for cash or a returning veteran to the hobby wanting to make sure you get the best deals ahead of any emerging price trends, Sports Card Investor is for you. Sports card Investor, the leading source for videos, podcasts, and articles about investing in sports cards. Profit from the hobby you love by visiting SportsCardInvestor.com.
2: Welcome back to The Collector and the Dealer, Episode 43. If you missed it last time, gear up now. That was the modern cards, the new releases we were talking in the first part of this episode about the NBA playoffs gearing up and who you might want to jump in on. Joe, let's go vintage here. And it's something that I have started to recognize, and I'm like, oh, okay, exhale. Um, you know that almost exclusively I shop for ungraded you know, raw vintage cards, and there is a huge online seller with a sterling reputation. It is okay, do you think, for me to mention his name? Oh, sure. Okay, Greg Morris Cards, who I don't – do you know Greg at all? I'm sure you've dealt with him. I I
0: probably have. I mean, I know the company very well. Yeah, I'm sure I've dealt with him at shows over the years, but I uh, I don't – I mean, I don't have – like I don't call him up regularly or anything, but, yeah, very, very good reputation in the industry.
2: and, And just does huge volume and does a lot of set breaks. He'll buy collection sets, et cetera, break them up, sell them raw, and he gets what he gets, and he does very well with that. I started noticing uh, with some of my 67s in particular that there would be just this really well-centered, nice surface, everything, just a really sharp card. And then there's one edge. It's usually either the right or the left. It's never top or bottom. But there's one edge that all along is like these little wisps of cardboard, this little fraying. And I got a little nervous at first, and then I finally asked him, and he was like, uh, sh- Blade wasn't sharp, man. Whether it was Brooklyn or Dorea or wherever, that tops was about selling gum. They didn't necessarily care about perfect cards back in the day. And so give me your impression, because I've asked other dealers, and that's several years ago, and I'm plenty comfortable with it now. For anyone experiencing that now for the first few times, talk about that one edge.
0: Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it, 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 it it's kind of cool, honestly. It gives that authentic feel to it if the corners are still sharp, the little rough edge just from the way it was cut originally doesn't bother me when I'm buying a collection. And some of that comes from you see that very it's very common with old Opeachy releases because in Canada they back then when they would cut them they used razor wire to cut the cards instead of a blade. And I don't know if Tops did that it's sometimes back in the past if maybe the same reason. But when you see the rough cut Opichi cards, it was because they used razor wire yeah. to cut their sheets rather than blades. But as far as a as far as the aesthetics, yeah, it doesn't bother me. No, it's, it, yeah, it's, they, it's, still, it's still the real deal. Yeah.
2: Are there any other irregularities that you see from time to time that you and presumably a grading company would say, "Nah, no big deal. It's still authentic." I mean, I know like print dots and you know marks and things like that. That's that's different. There's already a qualifier for that, but. Uh, the rough edge there. I see those actually in holders with no qualifier.
0: Correct. Yeah, because it it it's it's original. It hasn't been altered in any way. It's not on the surface. Uh, it's you know it's not a print dot. It's if the if the registration of the card is still good and clear, it's not out of focus. It just happens to be. I mean, they don't have a qualifier for you know. I guess they could have an R E qualifier for rough edge. Rough edge. But, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and I want to mention one other thing as well because there was a card that uh you and your singles expert were looking at from mine it was a 58 card um and there was question about whether it was uh, authentic or not or was it was a reproduced card and right. the one out for Steve your singles expert again said there, Joe and I'd never heard this he said there are times he says check this is a 58 he said there are times that a card has been screwed down so tightly. Remember the old school, like the thick loose oh, site? Yeah. He's yeah, like, it sometimes can actually compress the card and it changes the feel of it. Um, just talk yeah. about that whole dynamic of taking cards out of one of those giant screwdowns.
0: Yeah, well, the warning, I'll tell people, we've had this happen to two customers just in the last month who brought in Jordan Rookies to get graded, and they both had been in screw downs, like you said, those thick one-inch loose sites for decades. Then they pulled them out, we sent them in to get graded. Both of them came back altered because the grading company, PSA, in both cases, had interpreted the card as being pressed and flattened out yep. to make the corner sharper. So, you know, these customers paid a lot of money, and they're like, "Well, I didn't alter it." And I'm like, "No, but that screw down you had it in for three decades did." And so, you have to be be wary of those, and do not put your cards in thick screw downs if you ever plan to grade them, because you could actually be damaging the card.
2: Joe buys a box uh-oh he said it means we got to talk about it joe buys a box each episode ahead of the weekend joe takes something off his own shelf he dips into his own supply uh joe tell us what you're taking off the shelf how much it would cost and what you might find inside
0: i'm going cheap this week chuck i'm going with uh and i'm actually going to uh Hockey, which you don't hear me talk about much, but I'm going with the new 2021 Upper Deck NHL Star Rookies box set. It is a box. It does have 25 rookies per set. Uh, Lafreniere, Stutzel, Byram, uh, three of them pictured on the box, three of the top rookies. There are random autographs in the box, and you can get these for around $35. So rather than paying hundreds of dollars for a young gun rookie of some of these guys, you can get all the key rookies uh, in one single box from upper deck and possibly pull an autograph from one of them as well.
2: That is tremendous. And, Joe, folks, everybody listening, Joe has told you all what he has done with these box sets. He's been out there harvesting, man. Might have bought them back in the day, but the Carmelo LeBron rookie year upper deck box set, uh, he's talked about when the young guns get hot, what happens to the box sets, uh, and they're cheap when they come out. And then, Joe, it may be three or four years, one card from the box actually sells for what the whole box was. And then you got the other 19 cards.
0: Exactly, yeah. I I can say I bought a number of these, and I will be breaking some of them for grading for sure.
2: Oh, hey, I want to ask you something, by the way. Uh, I was, uh, again, harvesting down in your, I don't know, the catacombs downstairs. I bet there's 5 million cards down there. Um, And I saw more than that. I saw, Joe, it must have been 30 tops, complete set boxes that had just been opened you know, partly. What were y'all doing? Taking the insert cards or the star cards out of them? Do you, do you, have you? Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, a lot of times we buy factory sets. We break them down for team sets, and uh, also those factory sets come with five bonus rookie cards that are variations of the base rookies. So a lot of times we'll buy the sets, break them down, grade those variations, and then break the rest of the sets down into team sets for for team set sales
2: and it just uh it just gives the collector so many options if you do like you know the what is it the walmart has the blue inserts the target may have the red um just a lot of whatever the colors are for each yeah, of i think
0: walmart did like stars and stripe inserts this year but yeah it seems it's different every year hard to keep up with
2: sometimes yeah and you said that uh what was it a couple episodes back you're like i've opened a lot of cards what are these yellow ones and it was what walgreens or cvs or something
0: yeah, exactly. I had a customer come in. I was like, where did these parallels come from? He's like, oh, I've been at Walgreens. I'm like, okay. It's like every, you know, sooner or later there'll be the QT cards and there'll be the uh, McDonald's cards and you name it.
2: So. Yep, yep, no doubt about it. Uh, all right, for Chuck's vintage set of the week, I'm not going actually vintage. This is something that I was talking about. Oh, man, I, it might have been six months ago and I got some update on it. Uh, 1987 Donruss, no that's what i was buying and i was a freshman sophomore at auburn university which is about as deep south as you know it's not quebec um and joe i was buying donrus in the school the university bookstore and then during summer for about two weeks it was leaf i know i opened some cards and like what's that and i turned it over uh, it's french and so I didn't buy any more for the next couple of weeks, and I've, I have brought it up several episodes ago talking about how those, like the Greg Maddox card, et cetera, is actually more valuable, um, and it's not than the 87 Donnerous Greg Maddox, for instance, and, and the parallel for each set, the leaf is way more expensive, and it's not just that it was produced in lower numbers in Canada. Uh, I was doing a little research on it, and it's also an act, It's a smaller set, that was released in Canada. So whereas you may have like a one in 660 chance to get a Greg Maddox rookie, maybe you have a one in 364 chance to get a Greg Maddox rookie. Um, so I would encourage everybody, find out exactly what those numbers are, but it's, it's a significantly, in my mind, a significantly smaller set when it comes to Leaf. And if a card that you want is in the Leaf set, absolutely it improves your chances of getting it and so uh it was just this little oddity that for you know when i was 19 i was like i don't want these cards joe i should have bought more of them
0: yeah the, yeah the, the 87 leaf was actually only a 264 card set so yeah it's almost three times as easy to pull you know the stars and the rookies that you're looking for
2: all right folks that's going to wrap up episode 43 of the collector and the dealer like the one Clint
0: Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville.
2: Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.
1: The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1, smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen.